This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest philosophers to your fingertips. With more than 500 audio and video series on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more, The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming at thegreatcourses.com or on DVD and CD or via The Great Courses apps. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including The Secret Life of Words, English Words and Their Origins. For this limited time, 80% off offer, go to thegreatcourses.com WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Lee Smith. Lee, the deal has finally been done. And what was your immediate reaction when you heard the details? Uh, <laughs> I almost feel like that's a trick question. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, 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 think it's, uh, I think it's terrible. I think it's a very, uh, I think it's a terrible deal. I think it's a very bad day for the United States, for American interest, for our allies. Um, and I think the fact that, um, that the president and the secretary of state are celebrating this, I, I, I think it's a shameful thing. I mean, we need to keep in mind what this regime is about, what they've done, uh, what they continue to do around the Middle East, and the idea that somehow we're celebrating this agreement with this regime, I, I, I find it unconscionable. So, well, let me, uh, there's a lot to the agreement. There's a lot of different uh, uh, pieces. What one or two pieces jump out at you as a part that should make the typical American the most either worried about the future or upset that we entered this deal? I think that the, uh, let's put together these two, uh, these two issues, the sanctions relief, which will be in the tens of billions of dollars, Anywhere from the the numbers given have been between thirty to one hundred and fifty billion dollars in immediate sanctions relief, uh, thirty to one hundred and fifty billion. Um, that and the eventual the steady lifting of the arms embargo, uh, preventing Iran from purchasing and selling weapons, uh, from moving weapons. These two things combined, I mean, it's it's giving a green light to the Iranians to make war however they please. It's, I, I find it utterly unconscionable. I, I really don't understand it. It's giving them money to buy the arms they want, including work on their ballistic missiles program. I, I, it's, it's unconscionable. But what about the argument that, well, they don't get the money until they you know, pass some specific hurdles, and so they've got, they've got to you know, uh, pony in their chips first before they get the cash? Yeah, well, we know that's not going to happen because, as we reported last week in the Weekly Standard, the Iranians have already been caught in violation of the interim agreement when they were moving stuff. This was according to a German, uh, German intelligence source that uh, Benjamin Weinfall and Emmanuel Ottolenghi wrote for us, that the Germans have already caught the Iranians cheating. Um, this was not apparently reported to the UN. The administration and the other world powers have an interest in pretending that the Iranians do not cheat. We've seen how this deal is already being celebrated, by, not only by the president, but in European capitals. Uh, there is, they have an interest in never reporting the Iranians in violation. The Iranians will never be found to be in violation. Uh, I, I mean, if, if they were, 
if we took it seriously, what the Iranians do, this deal never would have been struck in the first place. Knowing how the Iranians are moving around the Middle East, right. knowing not only that they will cheat, but the different things that they've done. They'll okay. never be found in violation. And I think that's kind of one of the divides in the two camps of, of the view of this deal. Some people are like you. You're taking a holistic view of Iran as a bad actor, period. In other words, you think if we gave Iran a spork, they'd find a way to try to stab <laughs> you to death with it because that's okay. Iran. Other people say, I'm not, we're not negotiating that. This is, that's what, this is really about trying to keep this specific weapon out of Iran's hands. And because it's such a game changer, it's worth, you know, if they get more arms, they're going to be shipping to Gaza, they're going to be backing Hezbollah, whatever. That's the price you got to pay. What would your answer be to the people making that kind of pragmatic, anything but a nuke argument? As I wrote in the Weekly Standard this week, the Iranians understood that they had effectively crossed the nuclear threshold in September 2013, when the president declined to strike Bashar al-Assad for crossing his red line, when the president declined to lob a few missiles into the Syrian desert to ensure his own prestige and the prestige of the United States of America, the Iranians understood right then that the use of force was off the table. I understand from my, uh, a, former, uh, a former senior Israeli official that this had been a debate in the government of Israel for close to a year. People were wondering whether or not the Obama administration, whether or not the president was really serious about the use of force. Many, many Israeli officials thought he was. Others thought he was not. When he declined to hit Bashar al-Assad in September 2013, there was no more debate in the government of Israel. Everyone across the Middle East understood what that meant. Force was off mm -hmm. the table. At that point, remember, this was before the United States and Iran ever sat down publicly to negotiate the nuclear weapon. That's because... The Iranians were able to sit down at that point because they understood it was no longer a negotiation about the nuclear weapon, right? It was right. no longer about the bomb. It was about something else. The Iranians knew that they had, could cross the threshold in September 2013. Mm -hmm. This negotiation has never been about the nuclear bomb. I want to ask you about the response from the Iranians. Uh, I thought it was fascinating that Hassan Rouhani tweeted out earlier today, to our neighbors, do not be deceived by the propaganda of the warmongering Zionist regime. Iran and its power will translate into your power. Does that reflect what Iran's neighbors are thinking? Do they see this as the clear win that Hassan Rouhani wants them to see it as? Well, there's a couple of different things that are going on here. First of all, Rouhani is a stooge, right? I mean, I mean Rouhani means nothing. Rouhani is merely a front for the regime, like mm -hmm. Zarif, right? This is the moderate face of the regime. The people that really make things happen are the supreme leader and the guy immediately under him, who is Qasem Soleimani, the head of the IRGC Quds Force. These are the people who run Iranian interests around the Middle East, not Hassan Rouhani. What Rouhani says is either funny and clever or vicious and stupid. The real man who's running things on the ground is Qasem Soleimani. That's what's going on, and he's the one who runs Iranian interests in Syria, mm -hmm. in Lebanon, in Iraq, in Yemen, and also exports their activities abroad as well. That's why, that's why I'm glad, Lee, that uh, Qasim Soleimani is on the list of sanctions, and he will not be getting any money for himself or his force. No, they, they, they um, I, I don't know if you're um, aware of this, but they, they um, he is off the uh, They've relieved sanctions. They've lifted him from the sanctions list. Oh, no, no, no. Iran says it's a completely different 
Kasim Rasul. Didn't you see that? I'm not making this up. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Iranians I'm, I, are saying it's a completely yeah. different guy uh, who happens to have the same name. Yeah. There are two different people on that list. There's one named Ghassem, which is in English spelled G-H-A-S-S-E-M. Mm -hmm. But there's also Qasem Soleimani. And IRGC, <laughs> IRGC is also on the list. So, of course, Qasem Soleimani, of course, they're lifting sanctions on him. Anis Nakash is lifted. Anis Nakash is a Lebanese assassin. He was on the list for uh, nuclear-related issues. They lifted sanctions off Anis Nakash, too. Of course, they lifted off Qasem Soleimani. I mean, I did, but this is this is the point is that there's there's a certain there's a serious argument that you could have about, you know, it, there's a wor rising world power. You don't want it to go nuclear. You want to have the, uh, you know, the nonproliferation treaty and you make these decisions. But that has nothing to do with this country. This is Iran. It is as though, uh, Lee, people are asking us to forget the character of the regime, which, of course, is the first issue before us. No, I mean, kind of, but what the administration is actually doing, and it's played a very clever messaging campaign, anyone who opposes this deal the way it looks is actually the one who wants war, right? If you oppose mm -hmm. this deal, you're the warmonger. The problem is not the deal this administration has made with a regime that's making war throughout the Middle East and is responsible for at least a quarter of a million deaths in Syria. That's not the problem. The real extremists are the people in Washington who oppose the deal. That's the way the administration is, is playing this. It's been a very clever, albeit very sinister messaging campaign. Anyone who doesn't like the way this deal, they're the, the, the way that this particular right. deal looks, they're the problem. One last question for you. What happens, do you think, when the Iranians are caught cheating, which I... You know, I tend to be an optimist, unlike you, Lee. I think they'll wait until after Obama leaves office before they take the risks they that will get them caught. No, no, before they'll, before they'll get, they'll take the kind of risks to get caught. As I think, as I said, they're already cheating. Yeah, but, but the, the nuke stuff, when, when, what, when, what happens when we find out that they are, in fact, processing nuclear material beyond permission, when we do find out that they are trying to hide uh, facilities from us after we go through this crazy, uh, arbitra arbitration system where we say we want to inspect your IEA says I want to inspect your site and the Iranians turn around and say oh no 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 we're going to go to arbitration then they get 24 days to move everything and hide everything <laughs> before Nothing's we can get happen. in you watch you watch what's going to happen okay the that's Israelis, what I'm asking you. The, the Israelis will report different violations and the European powers and the Obama administration will tell them to shut up or will ignore it or there'll be some or the, um, the violations will be pushed to the back of a long line of something else. Nothing is going to happen. They have too much invested in this. They're not going to report. They're not going to take seriously any violation. It doesn't matter. The Iranians know that the entire path has now been cleared. And so what is that path for our final question, Lee? Where, what is the end game here, do you think? Well, I, th I think one serious question is, what will happen before this president leaves office? This president has himself said that in a little more than 10 years' time, uh, even with this deal, the Iranians will have uh, a clear path to a nuclear weapon. Mm -hmm. My question is, and I think it's something very serious to think about, is will the Iranians move to break out before this president leaves office? Really? Yes, I think that's a very serious question because they've taken his measure. They've taken the measure of Obama and his administration. They don't know who, who they do not know who's coming next, right? I mean, it's a calculated risk. Maybe they don't 
maybe they're not far enough long, uh, not far enough along yet. If they are far enough along, I would not be at all surprised, and I would even uh, be tempted to uh, be tempted to argue that that is most likely that they will try to break out before this president leaves office. They've taken his measure. They know what they can get away with with him. Look at the deal. Look at how the administration has collapsed on everything. This is one of the issues. One of the things that people who are against this deal try to argue is, is that the way the administration has been describing it for 18 months, we've come so far from this. They've collapsed on everything. Mm -hmm. If they'd really held to every point like they said they were going to, when they told everyone to shut up, just wait and see what the deal will look like, when they told uh, everyone on the Hill to shut up, when they told people who were concerned about negotiations to shut up. This is what they were promising um, a number of different things that they've collapsed on. The Iranians are looking at this too. They've collapsed on everything to have this deal. Why wouldn't the Iranians make a run at breaking out before Obama leaves office? Why? Lee Smith, thanks so much for your time on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.